Hey everyone, welcome to The Sith Dominion. I am your host, Dr. Dana Martin, and with me on the show today is returning guest, what? Drama Llama Mama. Hello, Cynthia. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. And our other guest, longtime caller, first time, or no, long-time <laughs> listener, first time caller, John Ambrose, uh, right, staff writer over at geeknewsnow.net, and just all over the place. You'll see him on several of our other shows. So hello, Mr. Ambrose, and welcome to our show. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So we have a jam-packed show. First of all, I appreciate the 20 to 50 views that we're getting on these shows so much, and I will tell you why. Because as long as there's someone watching, they're going to let me continue. So thank you for 10 episodes. Yay. Okay, we're at 10 episodes. Uh, we're a fifth of the way on as many episodes as my previous podcast endeavor. So something to, something to stick a pen in and think about. Oh, which you have been on that show multiple times. Yes, yes. I have. <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to jump right in, uh, and I'm, I'm real excited about the show. Yes, it's our 10th, uh, but also Kylo Ren has become a very polarizing character. And, uh, later on in the show, we're going to really, I, th I think, try to dissect some things about Kylo Ren that I had not given a lot of thought to and has started to change my perspective on, on the lad, if you will. Um, actually, had, I had said in the outline, in all caps, hear me out for <laughs> for our co-host tonight. Um, yeah, uh, but let's start with some news. So, some big news coming out of Hollywood still impacting all of our fandom love for all of our shows and content. Um, John has a... Uh, article up right now i have to look at it because i always want to say mm, that sounds good the soup of the day <laughs> soup du jour uh no force majeure <laughs> tour de force majeure is the name of the article you want to i don't want to give it away but you want to talk some high level about what's going on man yeah um well for those of you that don't know and i i don't want to sound condescending so if you know it you know um, force majeure is a policy that's worked into almost every contract in Hollywood, unless you have a fantastic lawyer who talks his uh, talks your way out of it when you sign the deal. And pretty much, it's like an act of God clause or something like a strike. It allows the studios to suspend and cancel projects that are otherwise costing them money. So, in the article, I pretty much hypothesized that. The studios want to keep the strike going. Warner Brothers has up to date saved $300 million. What? With this work stoppage. Um, because oh. they're just canceling projects and canceling projects and they're not paying anybody. And oh, I think dude. the studios are using this as an excuse to cancel projects they didn't want and to, uh, and to, and to hit the reset button. Um, so I don't think the strike is going to end anytime soon. Uh, and I think the studios are just going to keep slashing, just like I talked to you before we went on air, uh, Peacock or NBC, I, I call them Peacock now because I stream, um, just canceled with Lorne Michaels of all people, mm. who's a, a living legend. Uh, they canceled, they, they suspended a deal with him. So I think the studios are sending a message out because they did tend an offer to the writers that was going to give them their uh, first significant raise in 35 years. And it gave them pretty much everything they were going to ask for, except for the amount of writers um, assigned to the writer's room. And the writers took an all or nothing stance and walked. Ooh. And I think, and they were going to earn up to $11,000 a week. Mm. So I think um, now the studio's taking the kid gloves off and they're saying, okay, if you don't want to come to the table, this is what's going to happen. And, and it's really unfortunate. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people, um, good workers, good writers that are caught in the crossfire here. And uh, it's, it's just a shame that, that, you know, the bottom line for a lot of these honest people that are, that are striking in solidarity is getting hit. Mm -hmm. 
Agreed. I think it's interesting. Anytime we have these uh, these issues where yeah, technology really changes, like the landscape in ways that we can't even imagine, and in the way of like pay structure for for these writers or for like everything has changed, and you cannot stick with the old ways, right? You got to be able to figure figure it out, come together and talk about it, figure it out. However, how do you force a come together and figure it out when you just said roughly? Three hundred million dollars that Warner Brothers is saying. Yeah, I mean, how can you argue with not letting that go a little longer from a studio's perspective? Yeah, and yeah, and it's like you know the studios have at this point, you know, people in streaming. This is this is kind of I think why it's a backhanded reason as to why the writers are striking. Because there is such a vast library online where it's like, I don't think any normal person really cares about the strike. It's like, oh, show's not going on this year? Okay, I'll just watch all 11 seasons of Cheers yeah. until it comes back. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I don't think it has the effect that it, that it had in the past this where, you know, you were stuck with your little, you know, box TV. Mm-hmm. And you know you 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 didn't have any entertainment, but now there's so much entertainment. I I don't think it really resonates as much with the viewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always wanted to watch Mayor of Kingstown, and now I can. You're exactly <laughs> right. Like uh, my new show's not coming out. Watch something else. Yeah, man. And and I think you know we we as the fans and and not in the business as is in sorts of that. Um, I mean they. Oh, what, what they have to eat too, right? I mean, like your art, artists are period. Whether you're writing, whether you're you're painting or whatever, like you you can't just keep taking, man. You got to be able to sustain your your life and sustain your craft and continue yeah. to own your craft. And 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 I kind of touch on that. And yeah, they they deserve to be paid what they're worth. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna find very little sympathy when I find that you've been offered something that you know, can guarantee you up to $11,000 a week. <laughs> and we have policies that are going to rise gas, uh, rise the gas prices mm-hmm. in about a week or so. So gas is going to rise. Everything's going to get more expensive. And not to mention, we just had an entire state go on fire and no one really knew about it because this was dominating the news cycle. Mm. Like, we, like Hawaii was burning down. And, and, you know, that's kind of a more worthy story. So I'm pretty sure that the guy that's got to choose between, you know, gas and groceries and, you know, the poor Hawaiian family that just lost their house, I don't think they're going to care that someone's not making $11,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a great point there. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I think this will change the way contracts are written in the future, because as he was saying, you know, it's not as impactful to the consumer anymore when they go on strike. I think you're going to see contracts change with streaming clauses in there in the future so that maybe it will have a bigger impact on the consumer. And, oh, uh, well, and the contracts, yeah, that something does, in defense of the writers, something does need to be done because we're still working. They're, they're not where they're still working on a residual structure that's mm-hmm. based around the 20 to 24 episode TV season. And, you know, you're indentured to the studio, but you write now, you know, seasons are going for as little as six. What was Moon Knight? Six episodes? Yeah. And, you know, the writers that were assigned that, they're stuck with Disney because there's an exclusivity clause and mm. You're waiting for work. You can't go seek work from another studio or another or or, or sign on to another project. Um, and that worked fine when you were writing for like The Simpsons and you had 25 weeks to figure out what to do. Sure. But six weeks is a short amount of time. And, and you know, in the writer's defense, that is a really that that should be a really huge bone of contention. Agreed. Um, one last uh, bit about that. When, when I recall other industries, uh, in let's say airlines, let's say let's say baseball. I think baseball is a good example. Uh, the, you, you lose fans, and some of those never return. And um, unfortunately, I think caught in the crossfire are the people who consume. Right, we're the ones that 
want to see the material and see your art, and we're not going to get to see it. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic example, because before 1994, Montreal was a top 10 team for attendance. You know, people would go to Montreal to see games. Montrealers love their Expos. And I think the Expos were on track to, uh, if I'm wrong, I don't have, you know, I, I, I follow baseball um, religiously. I believe the Expos were in first place that year, and they were, you know, a candidate for the World Series. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, it was just never the same. They were never. getting 2,000 people a game, 3,000 people a game, and they ended up in Washington. And, and <laughs> you know, that was a shame. Totally. Well, I appreciate that, Ambrose. And, uh, yeah, everyone check out – I think I got a – did I put the thingy? I don't know. I thought I put a thingy. Oh, just geeknewsnow.net. There you go. Uh, geeknewsnow.net. Uh, check out Force Majeure, uh, Tour de Force Majeure. Uh, <laughs> and still, I hear. I love the word play we're allowed to use here. I, it's so fun. <laughs> Tour de Fire. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, awesome. So, let's uh, start looking at our boy, Ben. We're going to move into. Oh, I got to change it. Um, so, I went through the whole. Uh, thank you, David Fur. At David Fur, um, for giving us the walkthrough on this software because I'm a big baby and I was like, I want to use my own software, uh, but I've been using yours. So I was gonna push this button. There it is. Ooh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, and a scroller at the bottom. So I, I really need Cat to jump in and say she's impressed with my skills. Um, <laughs> ben Solo, man. Um, Where's the truth? I don't think I don't think in the three scenes, and, and we're just gonna jump right into the that the scene where uh, Luke is going to kill him, or Luke is thinking of striking him down, or Luke is whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, I don't. I, I think the that even the three stories we have um, on his and his and whatever we are told the story is, I think there's still something else to it. Um, and I say that because of the absolute sheer slobbering he wasn't angry in my opinion he was hurting when he was saying more more kill 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 luke skywalker i don't i i mean they're, it's coming off his anger but in my mind it's hurt and it's because of whatever really happened there between them two uh, I just want to see what y'all's thoughts are about that. Just to crack it open right away. <laughs> I defer to the lady. <laughs> well, I, I know, I'm not sure if it was in this battle where Luke tells him, but Luke says, hey, if you destroy me, I'm going to be with you mm -hmm. forever. Um, I think it was in that, was it in that battle or was it in a another one? Um but uh, I think up to that point, I'd, I think I mentioned this before to you, I had seen Ben as a whiny version of Darth Vader. Um, just this, another reincarnation of that Anakin or as an Anakin. And I think in this moment, that's when we first really see the wrestle inside of him. Uh, as as he's, you know, Luke has just said, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I failed you. Um, but... Um, I'm here with you for, if you do this, there's the force is greater than both of us and I will be a part of you forever. And I think that thought you can see in his eyes as he processes that, as he's considering, is that something I want or is that something that will just completely destroy me? Mm -hmm. um, I think... My main problem with the sequel trilogies is something like this, because where George Lucas was a master with even in the even in the prequel trilogies that were maligned before this came along, um, where he was a master in storytelling, mm -hmm. was telling a story without telling it. And 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 you know, you 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 kind of he would leave tidbits so you can kind of figure out what's going on okay mm -hmm. darth vader and obi-wan had a rivalry um and in the first movie it's like he could possibly be anakin he probably is anakin but we don't really know yet and 
George Lucas was a master in in letting you figure it out, but also leaving a trail of breadcrumbs without beating you over the head with the story. Um, the problem the sequel trilogy had is it was so disjointed and it seemed like there was no communication. Hmm. It, it ruined uh, the possibility for this character who had a lot of potential to be a great character. Um, it it kind of just ruined him. Yeah. And um, and and he came off as Cynthia said, uh, you know, he he came off as like a ten year old who didn't get the bike he wanted for Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and and that fight with him and Luke, and I this is why I really don't think Ryan Ryan Johnson is a a good director. I know everybody thinks he's the next Hitchcock because Knives Out made some money or something, <laughs> but I don't think he's a good director because and Dave Fur did not believe me, and I had to send him the video. The mm. fight between him and Luke Skywalker at the end of Last Jedi is a shot-for-shot recreation of the ending of Escape from L.A. Oh. No way. Yes, I will send you the video when we like get off Like Snake there. Bliskin? Like Snake Escape Bliskin. From- it is no from, Luke, from when Luke walks out. of the- and, and this guy put a YouTube video together, and it has the Snake Bliskin on one side and Luke Skywalker on the other, and it shows Snake Bliskin walking out of the flames, Luke walking out of the smoke, the guard putting the gun through Pliskin to see if he's a hologram. Kylo Ren putting the cell out of lightsaber through Luke. It's like 100%. (laughs) Shot for shot. Recreation of the end. And like I'm watching I'm like, I don't even like this movie. And I'm thinking about it. And it's like, I've seen this ending somewhere. And my my old roommate was like, yeah, dude, that's the ending from Escape from L.A. And that's lost on this generation. They they don't know Snake Bliskin. I mean, no, nobody knows. We know that. <laughs> Whoa! I gotta check that out, man. That's yeah. Insane. I'll send you the video when I um when we when we when we log off of this. Heck yeah. But I think it would have helped to give a little bit more um, mystery to Kylo Ren. Like they mm-hmm. told the guy's story in like ten minutes, and then you're like, okay, I don't care. There's nothing to really figure out. Mm-hmm his mask came off like 20 minutes into the movie. It's like, okay, why were you even wearing a mask? Like, like seriously, like, but what, what, like the mask is supposed to be in star Wars masks are mystery. It's like, I want to mm-hmm. see the guy's face and there's supposed to be a big reveal. No, he got mad and like took it off and threw it. Oh yeah. It, uh, Empire. And you see the, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's the back of Anakin's head. And you're freaking, you know, yeah. Yeah. 10 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> Like you, and he's just like man, and like, you know, so like, um, I just think I, J.J. Abrams just is not an original writer. Uh, he's done some all right projects. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's a complete hack. What I am saying is that he doesn't really have any original ideas. I'm pretty sure when he wakes up in the morning, he has to watch his <laughs> wife brush her teeth so he knows what to do. Um. <laughs> oh my. Um. Yeah, and and him and Johnson did not communicate, and mm-hmm. it led to disjointed characters, and it led to a disjointed yeah. string of films, and it just was not. It just ruined the quality. Well, yeah. and back to what you said about George Lucas being a master at that. A lot of people's complaints with the newer Star Wars trilogy was that the dialogue was so pedantic. It was so it was so preschool almost. It was disjointed. The dialogue felt like little kids were saying it. And George Lucas, again, to your point, was able to to give enough through the few words they spoke and and let he, he trusted his audience to be smarter than the newer writers and directors did, I think. Very Carrie Fisher true. had said, like, I read the script. No one talks like this, right? And I think that's the, the quote. No one talks like this. But And Tamara Morrison said it on the set of uh, Book of Boba Fett. He was like, this isn't Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, honestly, going piggybacking off of what you're saying, though, um, I think we look back on the past with a shade of, of excessive rose on mm-hmm. our glasses, though, when it comes to dialogue, because George was a master storyteller, but writing dialogue, <laughs> we've all heard the sand soliloquy. Oh, yes. Um, oh, true, yeah. true, true. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think George has, it, that was his weakness, was, the, was his, he, he could tell the story, but the dialogue 
And maybe he overlooked the dialogue because the story was so good and it just became yeah. more glaring and apparent with these later versions. Look, I know well, that I've had folks that have passed away in my family that no one really liked, but then after they were gone, everyone was like, oh, they were so wonderful. Oh, come on. So I think it's like that, right? We're romanticizing a little. The, the rose-colored glasses are yeah. coming out of the out of the thing. But with George, I think he was older and a little bit more stubborn with the prequels. I think with the with the original trilogy 4 through 6, he actually had like a round table and it was like a creator's room and he'd brainstorm mm -hmm. and you know, even like I'm sure even though he doesn't have a credit, like Spielberg came in and he'd be like, Hey, Steven, what do you think of this? And you know, they, they'd have, you know, they're, uh, he'd have sessions. And in this one, I think he was just like, I'm 60 and I just want to get this done. <laughs> Cut me my check. Story <laughs> I want to tell. Like, I, I think he was just rushing to get it done. And, um, but I think the fans were also because I, I did rewatch the prequels and they're not as bad as I remember them to be. I think the fans were unnecessarily harsh, mm -hmm. especially with some of the characters in the pre in the sequel trilogy. Like Jar Jar Binks is like Lando Calrissian compared to some of the characters. <laughs> Pretty much in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so one of the the cool things I think about uh, Kylo is. When we, when we, yes, the writing and yes, the, I, I think Adam Driver brings something to that character that maybe wasn't, I don't, I don't know if it was written or implied or whatnot. Um, and when I have been watching, I was telling Cynthia before the show, um, I've been watching those sequel trilogies, trilogy for maybe the last eight months to a year, just, just watching them, everyone just just watching, trying to understand what I missed because I feel like while it is kind of disconjointed at places, I, I think there is something of value there. And I believe I'm not ready to die on the hill yet, but I believe I found it in Kylo Ren and I will attribute it a lot to what Adam driver brought for that character all the way around. Well, what I don't understand about the progression of his character is, and this is what I mean, George, George Lucas would have filled us in with what actually happened to Luke. Mm -hmm. Because we went from Return of the Jedi where he's like, my father who killed a room full of children still has good in him. I can save him. I will not strike down my father to, yo, this little bastard's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, like so like what happened to erase those ideals mm -hmm. and I, I, that's one of the things i believe i'm glad you stated that because uh in the scope of what we would lean on as saying this is evil this is dark side whatever mm -hmm. i'm not saying i'm not advocating killing younglings but i am saying that is there still good in someone if they're doing something for the betterment of what they believe their intent is good i mean if you take out the slaughter of the children i think anakin's <laughs> demands were kind of reasonable i mean you know if you take that whole um that whole kerfuffle out and I think in um, that moment, he was not in control at all. You know, so if you take, yes, if you take that out, that's a moment where he completely lost control. Control. Um, he may have said it was for the betterment of, you know, the of his quest, but no, like he lost control in that moment. But Sorry. tiny little obedient Jedi kids, younglings turn into uh, stubborn old, we're going to secretly order assassinations Jedi. And you know what? I, I, dude, I was so pissed. Like, and I knew it the whole time. This is what's going to happen. This is what they're going to do. And that's what they did. When they did that, and so I was like, you got to be kidding me. See, this is why the Jedis needed to have, you know, at least one or two normal people in the room. Because you know that normal dude would have seen Anakin walk in. And he would have been like, uh, something's not right, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yep, he drew the saber. Yep. Run. 
We yeah. gotta run. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> oh crap! He got me. <laughs> totally. But do you think he was thinking as he walked in there what you said that they were gonna grow up to be Jedi, or do you think he was just acting because the way he was por portrayed, he was not that intelligent to think that far ahead. He Ooh, was. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like he was blind obedience there. So I believe they did some disservice to the writing and in, in his character there and other. Uh, forms of medium like uh, Clone Wars. He's he's a brilliant strategist. He's, yeah. he's smart and yeah. But, but they did kind of make him no. But I mean, it, it it there is something to the Force, um, the dark side, bringing you off balance. And he was a he was a brilliant tactician when he was able to keep things in check. But when Palpatine finally dug in and got him, um. You know everything everything short circuits for him mm -hmm. and uh and you know you focus on that one thing and palpatine's sitting there telling him his wife's gonna die unless he saves him and he's running through and uh you know what's a couple kids if my wife gets to live mm -hmm. yeah so well, and, and that brings us to the legacy piece, um, which I think is huge in this, that maybe gets a little put to the side. Um, Kylo Ren's motivation from what we're told is that he, you know, wants to finish what his grandfather started. Right. And uh, that in and of itself is a piece of legacy. Right. But his uncle who, I mean, you, you got to think he was at the Academy, right? So at the Academy sleeping, like Han and Leia weren't there and they didn't appear at least from my understanding. And I haven't read all the comics that are related. Uh, they didn't live together. I mean, he was on his own essentially. So his dad's off being a scum and his mother's going to, you know, do the little uh, rebellion thing again. What does he have? And I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. Just maybe a little bit of an explanation. All he has is his freaking uncle, man. But That's I mean, but also like, it's not explained what happened. <laughs> Which is it's, what I said earlier. God dang yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like I, I'm just reiterating your point. And it, no, it's you're like, right. It, it's not like you like I said, where did the ideals get lost? Mm -hmm. Um and, and no one the like the thing is it's kind of like where what's her name? Miles Kanata, where mm -hmm. she has where she has the uh, lightsaber. And she's like, that's a story for another time. And it's like, cool, we're going to figure Where's out how the other Anakin's lightsaber. And then it's like, uh, you think anyone will notice? <laughs> like... well, and, and I see your eyes and they remind me of someone else to Finn. And I'm like, who's Finn's, who's Finn's dad? Lando. Oh, my God. Lando. Like, I'm so you know, Lando, freaking smooth, out. Smooth, smooth daddy. They never even <laughs> said anything. So do you think there's enough for a series about that, about what happens to Luke to, to, to bring that about? Or do you think it's just a throwaway few lines we needed? I think there's enough for the series, but I desperately want the Skywalker saga to end. I, I, there's so much story to tell in Star Wars and they proved it with Rebels. And I, I just, I just want this guy. I mean, we all love the Skywalker saga, but at this point, it's becoming something to fall back on. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. kind of like we tried this new show and it didn't get any ratings. Uh, panic button. Give them, give them the Skywalker saga. <laughs> Don't want, uh, is there a thing with Luke we could do where he tries to kill his nephew? That sounds <laughs> like fun. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, when I when I pull out the the kind of string timeline of him. Um, he doesn't have up, down, up, down, up, down. He has one. It's one big, you know, climax. Are we about Kylo or Luke? And, oh, Kylo. Kylo. Okay. Luke Sorry. is like, oh, he's all over the place. He's got so much conflict, whatever. Uh, but still didn't dude, get those power converters. I know. <laughs> Maybe that so, was what ruined him. Maybe that is he woke up one day and he was like, God, go to the dark it. side for a little while in the graphic didn't novel. Get those power converters. That little kid. Next thing he says, I'm taking it out on him. <laughs> that poor young lady. So, uh, using using Kylo Ren as, as legacy example, we have. Uh, let's think of what uh, J the 
Kennedy's, right? There's legacy there and people are expect a certain thing. Uh, I don't, I don't care about their politics, whatever. I'm just saying yeah. the legacy piece, right? Yeah. Um, so Trump's have a legacy piece to them. Uh, Hilton's a legacy piece, all these big business owners, whatnot, what have you. Um, within that, the next generation, the next generation start to kind of get screwed up and messed up in the head. And there's all sorts of studies and why these this sorts of things happen. But I just want to make it real simple and maybe think about yeah. perhaps I don't know. Maybe it's having to live up to. Sometimes it is the earlier generation. I mean, Ted Kennedy filmed the worst Oldsmobile commercial ever. Oldsmobile was like, couldn't you drive like a foreign car or something, Ted? What are you doing to us? <laughs> well, and he also got into trouble with the law, too. I mean, he was he he's. I think the Hickler manslaughter in there too. Mm, yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so when we have uh, bits like that, right, we have, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my parents. I don't, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like, but then, you know, some folks, I want to be just like my folks. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you know what to get from your folks? No, right. Our folks are perfect. How do you know what to take from them within your own life? Like what was good, what was bad and, and sorting through that. I think Kylo didn't have that radar. Right. And uh, he didn't so, have that upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so from us, I think we have that benefit. Certainly majority of people on our planet that I can watch, I can view, I can understand and learn how to, be social, be a contributor in society, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you're, but yeah, Johnny didn't, he didn't have that. He was, and all these Jedi, man, they all get whacked in the head because they're ripped from their families. I it just, it doesn't make sense to me. I get that. I have to be a good guy, but can't I see my mom? Yeah. I, I miss my, no missing. Dark side that is. Are you kidding me? Like, you got, no attachment. I got to see my mom. <laughs> I mean, that's my mom. <laughs> so there um, had to have been for me, like, that's why I say when when he was yelling and, and the, you know, laser cannons were killing Luke or the hollow, hollow Luke, and he was yelling more more, I just think it had to have been hurt for whatever did happen. More than he wasn't uh, it just didn't seem angry to me. I would love to hear Adam Driver talk about that scene and what I don't think captured. he ever will. Oh, dude. I think he left Star Wars in the rear view when the Raylo fans started <sighs> threatening his wife. Nah. Uh so he's he's never he's never gonna the Raylo fans did a number on him. Like he needs a security detail. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he got he he got like stalked. He, uh, him and Daisy Ridley, but he got it worse. Really? Like, people were threatening his family, like expecting, like genuinely expecting him to form a relationship with Daisy Ridley if if something happened to his family. Hmm. It was it was it was bizarre. It, it was a very very bizarre year after uh, the the Rise of Skywalker came out. I did not even know that. Yeah. But kind of back to your point about family and that legacy there, you know, and talking about um, Kylo Ren not not having his parents around all the time. You know, you think about who told him stories about his parents, mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker, um, other influence in his life. So he's hearing these stories. And when you pass on stories, you exaggerate, you build mm -hmm. up or tear down. If, if you don't want him to be like his grandfather, you, you say horrible things about the grandfather. So he's having that pressure of not being one person and being another person and then not, not knowing his parents as well. Maybe. Um, I know my brother's adopted when he was, when he turned 18, he left home. He knew about where his birth parents were and he just needed to see them. And that, that was, and, and he was, it was a wild two months. We didn't know where he was. He just needed to see them. He didn't even meet them. He just needed to see them and get back. You know, and then he could go on with his life. And I think that's a driving force in a lot of these characters um, that you're talking about is knowing they have all these people telling them who they are or who they're destined to be or the force, you know, chose you or, you know, 
whatever, but they need to know who they are and where they're from. And Kylo mm -hmm. brought different versions of where he came from. So That's a good I, point. Can I pose a question to the two Please. of you? Episode seven, as we know, was kind of a um, remake of A New Hope, for lack of a better term. Yeah hit the nostalgia points you know everybody when they saw it for the first time was just happy to have star wars back and then you kind of look back on it and it's like wasn't terrible but wasn't great either would episode seven have been better served for the fans if they just covered all the stuff we're talking about and you had kylo and luke and it shows that obi-wan mm -hmm. Padawan relationship, and then you see how everything unfolds, and then you see Kylo turn, and you see Snoke recruit him, and then that kicks off the sequel trilogy. Would that have been a better episode seven? Because I think that would have been a better episode seven. I think, in terms of the franchise, they had to do what they did for episode seven. Mm -hmm. um, they had to bring back the people that they lost you know, with the prequels, but I think in terms of character development and understanding, absolutely a hundred percent. But then you can tease that and make episodes. What was episode seven, episode eight mm -hmm. and introduce Ray. And you can even bring in, um, Leia and Han because they're his kid. They're his parents. Mm -hmm. You could have had that dynamic in, in that, in that, uh, hypothetical episode seven. And you would have had Luke and you would have had what the fans wanted all along. You would have Leia, Han, and Luke on the same screen, which we never got. Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to quick buck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the kind of the last uh, thing here I want to talk about with him is uh, the the belief piece. So the the theme of redemption and what in this the skywalker family and all of this um luke believed in his father he there's still good in him and i love how ambrose said yeah he killed a bunch of kids but there's a little drop of good left in him um <laughs> uh, but the, the point is uh, above and beyond that luke luke believed luke was the only one that believed nobody else and luke had only known him for like 10 minutes like, like how do you know like, yeah, like leia like leia was like dude he look, literally blew my dad up dude well <laughs> she had uh the look of disgust and carrie carrie fisher did that perfect when he says you're my city she's like i i know oh what Vader's my father? Like you can see it. Like gross. Go away. Run away. And the whiner, Luke, became the hero in that moment. He, yeah. And so we keep that down the line. And now here we have father son, the only one that believed in the son. Wasn't Leia? I don't know anyone even liked Leia. She didn't believe in nobody. Um, yeah. Han, I saw our son. That's what he says. I saw Ben. That's not what she says. He's a turd now. And even face to face in the end for Han, which can be some uh, fan theory out there about what actually happened. Did he pull the saber to him? Was it just ignited and killed him? Did he know this was going to happen? So many things. But we're not here to talk about that. What we're here to talk about is he still believed even in that moment. Looking at his son, he he still loved him. It and, didn't matter. So we you, sorry. You can kind of tell in that moment that Kylo is kind of struggling. I don't think he's faking it. Yeah. Uh when Han's approaching him. I don't think he initially wants to kill him. I think he he is he is you know genuinely struggling and and then you know the dark side overtakes him and then you got you know han kebab um so yeah what were you gonna say uh so the next bit at the uh in the last movie uh him and uh his father having a the the manifestation of his father what i found so interesting in that uh whole final scene and don't tell anybody I'm going to tell the world like I was getting misty eyed for the first time ever 
in that scene. And I think it's just because I've been watching this. I've been looking at Kylo from many angles. And maybe Adam Driver's just, you know, he does it for me too, maybe. I don't know. He's but a good actor. He had me when he stopped fighting, when Leia had reached to him in the Force. He was Ben. He heard his mother. It wasn't. Are you telling me that's the only time she ever tried to call for him? Bullsh uh, no way. No way. But he heard her in that moment because in that moment, there was not the dark blockage to prevent him from hearing her. And in that moment, even before Han appeared to him, I believe he was already Ben Solo again. Yeah. See, I, I and his dad in the man sorry, and his dad in the manifestation believed in him, which means that he knew through it all his father never stopped loving him. I mean, my, my whole problem with that last movie was that this guy is supposed to be, you know, the be all and end all of the force, and Ray is also supposed to be the be all and end all of the force. So, like, what's with the treasure hunt? Why don't you just <laughs> I know like, why don't you just use the force? Like you turned it into like an uncharted movie. That was more of an uncharted movie than uncharted was. Yeah. <laughs> like... Well, and then now we have Ahsoka where there's a map and we have to, come on guys. <laughs> I kind of give that a little bit of leeway because that's at least going to a different galaxy. This is true. like, okay, this is something we don't know about. And we saw it happen. Yeah. Right. We saw yeah. him leave as opposed to Exegol. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of give that a little bit of leeway, but, and, and also like Ahsoka never really finished her training. So I don't think she has tracking skills. True. Um, but like Rilo and Ray, it's like, just, just, and you're sitting there and you're like, you're like, just come on. We didn't come here for it. Just use the force. Yeah. Use the force. Like you should be Killing able me, to do. This is what you do. Like this is <laughs> the whole point. Reach out. And oh, who right. was the jerk that left the artifacts around? Why couldn't he just be like, "Oh yeah, here you go"? Why well, are burying everything? <laughs> I don't. You know, you're gonna. What, what is the point of Luke? Did Luke? <clears throat> raised, yeah, Luke raised as a Force ghost raised his X-wing. I'm trying to think, and I could be wrong, someone correct me, but had that ever happened before that a Force ghost would physically interact aside from old man uh, Obi-Wan sitting on a log? <laughs> I want to say that in Clone Wars, when Yoda was finally communicating with Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon Qui was shaking furniture and stuff to get his attention. That's right. Because he, he couldn't fully turn into a force ghost. So I want to say, yes, that has happened before. Very cool. Yeah. I think I watching that this evening was like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like it. Anyways. Uh, thank you all for the deep dive discussion. That was a deep one on old Kylo Ren, the poor dude. Uh, my son Zane, uh, I thought he was going to be playing uh, Overwatch tonight, but he's rehearsing for a gig on Friday. So go make that money. Don't represent your school. I mean, when it conflicts, go make the money. Good boy. Um, so so uh, stay, but tune in for what is it? MCU Monday? No, not MCU Monday. Uh, next show, Cantina, uh, Happy uh, Cantina Happy Hour on Thursday. Yes, where the what uh, the dark side version of Zane, Darth Zane, uh, aka David Fur, <laughs> your host. That was so funny. Um, but yeah, so yeah, thank you guys. Um, we're going to kind of kick off to, I got a video. If you guys didn't see this, uh, I was at uh, College Station Comic Con this weekend, and I met some fantastic people, man. I This was my very first Comic Con in my entire life, and it That's was probably awesome. one of the most smallest Comic Cons in the planet. But <laughs> it was fun, and I got to meet like a semi-kind of hero of mine from games and whatnot, um, uh, Kari Walgren. So I was real happy nice uh, yeah and pull. she was like may the force be with you just like she did in kotor i was like oh my god you're amazing <laughs> uh but i didn't she didn't have like like the jedi uh kotor jedi uh signing whatever so picture so i ended up with tigress so 
It's okay. My um, um, wife's okay. my wife's friend. She creates signs and sells them at cons. And um, the guy that plays what's his name? The guy that plays Bordis. She did one for the Orville. And the guy that plays Bordis was at the con. Oh. And he he she gave him the sign because he like she knew who he was. And he and she was like, I'll give you the sign if you take a picture with me. And then they traded because he does art and sells art for charities. So she oh, gave nice. him one of her one of his paintings and she gave her she gave him a sign. He gave her one of his paintings. And it was uh it was like it, it's it that's why cons are so much fun. Oh. You know, because like the the good that's where you know where the who the good ones are and who the who the good the good uh the people that really love the fans, that's that's where you know. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the dude's name. Uh, Courage, Cowardly Dog. He was there. Uh, and I, every time I'd come around to, like, go talk to him, hey, you think you might could uh, say something for a show? <laughs> you know, whatever. Because he would just come back from the table, just start talking like like Courage. And, and like, <laughs> losing it. And they're coming over, and he's like, ah, you know, losing his mind. Uh but yeah, you're right. And Quentin, uh, I can't remember his name, the God, uh, voice God. Um, he was there. My stepson got an autograph from Kingdom Hearts 2 that he oh. helped voice. So that was like PS2 or so. Yeah, he uh, he got him to autograph. That was cool, man. Uh, but we had a great time. I'm going to play this. Uh, it's, it's only the kind of short video from the first day, but it'll be fun. Uh, got some really cool shots of some folks and let's see if i can make this work david fur taught me how to do this hold on here we Way to break that glass ceiling, Barbie. You made it to con life. <laughs> I'm impressed with College Station. That's that's a great turnout. Hey, you said it's yeah. a small con. It looks like those people went all out. Oh, oh, the people that went out went out. All right, it was cool. Uh, we had, uh, I can't remember, Cosplay Meg. She's an online cosplayer. I've seen her before. She came out as, uh, is it Miranda from uh, N7? What is it? I can't think. The game, the video game, Mass Effect. Oh, Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. So she came out from Mass Effect on the second day, and we don't have that compiled yet, but we do have those photos. They're really cool. So nice. yeah, I had a great time. Um, like I said, I got to to watch a couple of panels. One of the panels I watched was Kari Walgren's uh, panel, and she was kind of talking about how, uh, you know, for for her for us right we get to maybe cover something writing something getting that interview you know that's real special or or whatnot and for her the latest was being able to voice melina and katana in uh mortal kombat because she's a she's our age like she grew up with uh mortal kombat you know and all of that and being able to voice one of those characters really cool so uh i i think to your point john uh the ones that come to these smaller cons much more engaged, much more entertaining. And I mean, not saying someone else didn't show like we thought John Austin or John St. Austin was, yeah, I think he canceled on us. Um, I was looking forward to that getting an autograph, but no, Austin St. John. I'm not yeah. saying John St. Austin. Said John St. Austin. He's like, well, that's fine. That's why I didn't come. You don't even know my name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and there's something to it. Like I went to, uh, I covered this point almost two years ago now, Galacticon in uh, Howard County, Maryland. And, and, you know, there's, there's something wholesome about doing a con that small, like the biggest name was, I think, Ken Hunt, the longtime artist for DC and Marvel. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got some words from him for an article, uh, but there's something about, you know, no one takes it too seriously. A lot of the fans... You know, they, they put on their costumes. They're not the best costumes, but you know they're trying and they're and they're having fun and you get to see everybody. And it's kinda like it was kinda like the old fashioned 
what con- conventions used to be, where it's kind mm. of like a swap meet. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it was just really, like I said, I'd love to go to a big con, but something like that, I find it to be enjoyable. You see a lot of the real mm-hmm. fans that can't afford San Diego, but they still get to go to their place and they get to have fun and buy things they want to buy. And, and you know, you with like minded people. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would take their their photos and say, you know, crazy. Here's my card. Whatever. I'm writer for Geek News Now. It's podcast. Blah blah. And uh, on the second day, I'd gone up to this girl. I was like, Oh, let me get your picture. Here, here's my card. I'm not a creeper. You know, my name's Dana Martin. Blah blah. <laughs> She's like, Oh, I know you. You took my picture yesterday. Oh, I did. Oh, no. And she goes. Damn. Well, I was whatever character I was yesterday and today. Oh, like, and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> You get a sticker. <laughs> so uh, there were a couple of those actually on day two. Uh, and it was funny. My wife was like, you don't know you. Well, I didn't know it was they're dressed differently. Um, lots of fun though, man. Like the Samus was, oh God, so that well Samus done. Samus looked and, awesome. And she's like, yeah, it didn't cost, but you know, like a hundred bucks, whatever, like for the phone, like she made it all herself, you know, <laughs> looks incredible. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to, uh, I did actually, I have an interview with Samus girl, uh, that I'll put up on my TikTok later. Um, cause she kind of went through what she did, how she made it and stuff like that. I think that stuff's freaking interesting. Like you said, uh, John, when, when you have, just people excited to have an opportunity to, to cosplay. And uh, I, I think College Station really isn't a hub for cosplay. So us having that. And we do have AggieCon coming up in February. Uh, the 53rd AggieCon, I believe. Oh, hold on. It's right here. There you go. AggieCon 53. There's your QR code. AggieCon 53. I told you, AggieCon, I would talk you talk about you on my show. We had a good conversation with them, too. Uh, and I think covering the con was the best way to experience my first con. So on day one, all I was was busy, right? But day two, eh, you're taking your time, you're walking through because you've got all the, the content for the first day, right? Um, have you been to a Comic-Con before, um, Cynthia? I've been to one. It was in Northern California. And it was back, gosh, early 2000s. And Northern California is the place to have a Comic-Con. And it was... It was it was incredible. Um, the the talk about how much people spend on costumes. It was insane back then. I can only imagine what people are spending now. But my favorite were the ones that were homemade that that mm-hmm. people made themselves because honestly, it shows kind of the love that they have mm-hmm. for that character. So yeah, no, it's been years, but yeah, I don't even think that one exists anymore. And uh, uh, the was, groups that uh have come from there like there's this window group that i'll talk about in my uh my piece i'm writing on it um that you know you have your it's like five five hundred first you have specific guidelines to but you can do whatever within the framework of those guidelines and make it yours and i think uh from a mandalorian perspective there's so many more options than a maybe a 501st just my opinion uh so i was real interested to talk to those guys i might be Checking out some stuff <laughs> those guys do. Uh, so, uh, but you said, uh, John, you were at one uh, that was just a couple couple years ago now. Yeah, I was supposed to go to um, Awesome Con, which is the Washington <laughs> D.C. Comic Con, but as everyone at in the writers' room knows, I uh, blew my knee out and wasn't able to attend. But I do have an open invitation for a press pass next year. So, fantastic. Hopefully, uh, you know, I'll stay healthy and the other knee will stay okay and will be able to get me to the, get me out there this year. I was really upset though, because I had Billy D Williams was appearing there. I really wanted to get a bottle of Colt 45. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm totally going to do this. I'm totally going to go in there with a 40 or a can of Colt 45. Heck I'm going to yeah. get Billy D Williams to sign it. Because I remember those commercials, and they're some of my favorite commercials. Absolutely. There wasn't anyone smoother. Rule number one, when you're having a lady friend, over, never forget your Cold 45. Rule number two, don't you ever forget about rule number one. Cold 45 (laughs) works every time. He was so cool, man. Like, when you first get introduced to Lando... Like well, well, what do we have here? It was My name's Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator of this facility. <laughs> it was heartbreaking when he turned. I was devastated. It was like he turned on me. I was. 
And he's totally just like drinking Hans Kool-Aid with Leia. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, why don't I give you a tour of the facilities, young lady? <laughs> I, uh, I need to back up. I had a special crawler I was going to do for Shirley's <laughs> creations, uh, Miss Cat or AV, when I played her video that she made and I didn't. So I'm taking every moment of silence. Okay. There you go. Sorry about that, Cat. So, uh, speaking of cat, there is going to be a TikTok talking about KAT. When I talk about KAT, I'm not talking about cat show GNN cat. Okay, remember that, Jack. It's a fact. Okay, I gotta stop. <laughs> so, well, army training. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that's one I'll have to dial up here in a bit. Um, the last thing uh, that I wanted to leave with for tonight was uh, something I, I think we all have struggled with in one one point in our lives, and it's it's our past, right? Our past will always catch up to us um, in some form or fashion or way. Whether you bury it down deep, it'll eat you from the inside. Whether you show it to the world, then you look dirty from the outside. And the, the problem is we, we all have that, right? That no one is blemish free. And so what I think is huge in the Kylo Ren story, I do. I won't die on this hill. This is just where I'm at today. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. I believe that while that did not get spoken in the last movie, that is exactly what happened, but not in the way that Kylo thought it would. And I say that um, in, in a manner of, of looking at your own space, right? And, and whatever is happening or whatever has happened, is that good or is that bad? Is this past something bad or good? And there's really no way to absolutely 100% know until you look back and say, oh, that's what that meant. So whatever has happened in the past, certainly we can learn from it, but it shouldn't drive our entirety of where we're going directionally. So all, all, all I think we, we need to do in, in a lot of these cases, I'm getting a little nervous because it's a tough it's a tough thing for me to even say is letting the past go does not mean you're not learning from it. It just means you're not letting it be powerful over you. So you in the moment now have to be powerful over you and not let whatever that past thing that's tearing you up take over. And once he was able, he, Kylo, was able to let go of that, man, he was bent. And actually, I don't care. I, I will die on this hill. This move with the saber, that was badass. How care. did he not, like, take out his whole spine? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. I'm dying, you moron. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what what do we have going on this week um, around the GNN world uh, that I don't know about to talk about, Ambrose? Um, Geek News Gauntlet is always on Saturdays at 10 p.m. You get to see uh, William and the gang. Uh, of course, we have Cantina Happy Hour. Uh, Dave and Debbie talk Star Wars. They'll be talking about um, Ahsoka Season 5, which airs tonight. So if you want to join Dave and Debbie... And uh, sometimes Cam, I'm pretty sure Cam will be on this week. Um, catch Ahsoka tonight and uh, tune in with them. I'll be talking about Ahsoka Season 5, uh, cross-promoting with uh, Scarif Podcasts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I don't know. It's on Saturday, so I'll figure it out. This is Scarif. Be, uh, right. Scar this is on Scarif. Uh, I'll be discussing that with them. Um so that's kind of like earlier on Saturday than the gauntlet. So you can watch my smiling face and then you can tune in and see William, William and the gang. And uh, I'm working on a piece right now about Warner Brothers has apparently hired the first artificial intelligence pop star. I saw that. So I, I played Detroit become human and, um, 
that was really in the video game. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in this and I'm, I'm doing research on it. And uh, hopefully I'll have an article in the next couple of days about it. Heck yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Ambrose. No problem. How about you? Ahsoka is on downstairs. My boys are watching it right now, the newest episode. So Disney didn't ask uh, for me. me um, I am <laughs> live usually probably almost every morning at 5.30 on TikTok. But other than that, yep, just hunkering down. So, so I'll, I'll get up at, you know, 6, 6.30, whatever. Take the dogs out, pull up my phone. And I got a notification that <laughs> Cynthia's live at 5. Well, I already missed it. I what am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. What are things like time? I'm, I'm still <laughs> in the phase where I have a three-year-old. So oh, time is time is pretty much like, Dad! <laughs> I'm up! Like It's oh. like Gilbert Gottfried got reincarnated <laughs> as a three-year-old. Okay, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm on the other side of that. I have a 22-year-old that calls me at two in the morning like every night and so why didn't you answer it's like i'm being woken up again like every night like so it doesn't end it doesn't end but <laughs> she'll be like and then like she will go downstairs and I, I love i love my daughter because she'll be like now dad i want you to get it right this time i want <laughs> eggs i want yogurt i want a cheese stick and i want no eggs uh, can we get a please? A please would be nice. <laughs> like, like, yes, and your total is <laughs> tiny, tiny terrorist. Like, I swear to God, I like when I when when she moves out, I'm gonna like I'm gonna ask for a house key, and on one random day when she's in her twenties, <laughs> I'm gonna wait for her first hangover. And it might even be in the house. I want to wait for like the kids' first hangover, and I'm just going to swing the door open, and be like, "Get up! It's time to watch Paw Patrol. It's time to make breakfast. It's time <laughs> and get it right. I want to watch Blaze." Oh <laughs> All right. Uh, what time is it? Oh, we are, we, we are at time. My cheeks hurt. I can't go anymore. It's been uh, a great time thank on you here, all. by the way. Yeah, you two made you. this so fun tonight. Tenth episode, it was a blast. We went all over the place, but we kept it focused on Mr. Ren or Mr. Solo, Ben Solo. Um, so yeah, keep your oh, eyes wait, up. One more point. I'm sorry, I, I I thought of this earlier. I don't mean to cut you off. Um, do you think he was named Ben? Now that we've watched Obi Wan, do you think Leia named him Ben after Ben Kenobi? 100 percent um and i there's so much that i get twisted over because i felt the uh expanded universe story of all of that was way better um and i that's a that's another show <laughs> but uh yeah i think now that we've seen this is i think to your point earlier right like we see now we understand and potentially now we get why he's called Ben, right? Yeah. Um, they didn't fill us in on this other crap. And if you know, yeah. don't know what we're talking about, go back to the first of the show. And that was the problem I had with uh, Rogue One. I really liked Rogue One, but it was like, I don't know anything about these characters, so I don't mm -hmm. care. But now yeah. that they made Andor, it kind of retroactively makes Rogue One uh, more enjoyable. Makes it, it makes it, it goes from all right to like actually good. Now that you have Andor, yeah. absolutely cool. Uh, okay, yeah, we got a bail. Uh, so that way, when William's trying to get whatever to upload to the podcast world, uh, the audio world, he's like, Oh, you're not done yet. No, William, we're not. Thank you, William. Uh, thank you all, though. Seriously, this was really fun. Uh, I'd love to have both of you back at some point. Um, but next week, we are not going to be talking about anything. Because when I said I was going to be gone two weeks ago, all that's finally happening. So I will not be on uh, Sit Dominion on Tuesday of next week. However, I will be broadcasting live from a special place on TikTok uh, a couple of times next week. And it will be super fun. And yeah, I'll give you a hint. What up, dude? All right. We'll catch all you guys uh, in two weeks. And remember, kids, peace is a lie. There's a... Oh, wait.
like and subscribe. I don't want the AV people to get mad at me again. <laughs> now, remember, kids, peace is a lie. There is only passion. Good night. Oh, that's the intro. Here we go.